Welcome to the Dragonlance Hangout. It is Lenara's Remember the Third. My name is Adam, and I'm being joined again by Mike. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Very well. Uh, I'm doing very well here. Uh, I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this YouTube channel. I invite you to consider becoming a member if you haven't become one yet. And remind you that you can always pick up Dragonlance Gaming Materials by visiting the links in the description below. We've got some great stuff for this, uh, this Hangout. I'm so excited. So for those um, who may not have watched all of these old Hangouts, uh, it, I think it was three or four or five ago or something, you had come on and we were basically just sort of spitballing and storyboarding. You were storyboarding, I was spitballing, based around the idea of the scene where Vakaris brings up Derek Crownguard's corpse, well, well, his body, he wasn't quite dead yet, and another knight's corpse to the High Clarist's tower. And it was just the entire scene where Lorana shot him with an arrow and just really great stuff as we were talking about it. It's a really brilliant scene from Dragons of Spring dawning and uh, really excited about it. A little bit of time goes by and then you send me an email with these finished concept art pieces. And so there's so much more detail, so much more beautiful than I anticipated them being. And so we quickly, you know, sort of checked our schedules and saw when we could get together here and, and do this. So for those of you who may be joining us live throughout the course of this conversation, Chris, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Um, let us know what you think about these. But not only are we going to be presenting those storyboards, we're also going to be concepting another one, right? Yeah, that'd be great. So what, what one do you think we're going to be doing today? Oh, it's up to me. <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about it and stuff, but what, I mean, what, what's the scene well, you want to look at? So, um, oh, I, I got off camera there. So my daughter and I, we read Dragonlance together, and she's uh, obsessed with dragons. When she's not reading Dragonlance with me, she's reading The Wings of uh, Fire, or the, you know, it's like a series about dragons. Okay. And she's like 15 novels in, so she's like Whoa. always begging, Dad, draw some dragons. I want this dragon. I want this dragon. I want this dragon. And so when I reached out to you and we're talking, you know, one of the one of the criteria is like, could we draw a scene with dragons? Um, but there's so many good scenes in Dragonlance. Um, it, it's like <laughs> we're overwhelmed with choice, right? Yeah. Like we're spoiled for choice. But uh, a dragon scene would be great. Um, you and I talked about doing, I think it's chapter nine from Dragons yeah. of Spring Dawning. Yeah. Uh, I just reread it before we got on this call. So did I. <laughs> I'm prepped for it, so we're good to go. And I just was looking at my, um, see here, The Art of Dragonlance, oh, my dog eared okay. copy. Mm. Um, there's actually some nice concept art from Larry Elmore on how the Dragonlance work. And uh, so I think I, it's in my headspace for that. So we could do that one. Um, 100%. And then if people like it, we can keep keep this up and do some more. I know uh, on my list from my daughter, I. She wants to see a Lord Soth scene. So I gotta do some Lord Soth. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, he's such a great character. And he's really not in the books that much. Oh, and, yeah, um, no, he's, he's a, a looming threat. Yeah. Anything else. Um, we read Legends, and he's much more active in Legends. And when they actually released the Death Knights on Palanthus, and just, <laughs> it's such a, uh, I mean, you think about it, why wasn't he used more in the War of the Lands? Like, he, his one little legion could wipe out anybody. Yeah. Really. So maybe he's too overpowered and that's why they didn't use him. But uh, he's such a great character. And if you read the modules, uh, you know, with his power words and everything, I mean, he's just you don't want to mess with him. You want to avoid him at all costs. He's like, terrifying. Yeah. And that was one of the problems uh, when they were concepting writing that this third novel, Dragons of Spring Dawning specifically, is that he overshadows everyone else every time he's on set. You know, every time mm -hmm. he's in a scene. 
every on set, everyone else just sort of goes in the background because he is he's he's the big bad, no matter who's in the room. Even if you put Takesis in the room in that final scene, he's the the real threat of that scenario, you know, against Tannis and stuff. So I th- I think that's the reason why they tried to use him as minimally as possible. But you're right. If they would have just had Lord Sauce forces attack the High Claris Tower, it would have been over. It would have been totally over. They need to kind of come up with some kind of MacGuffin, some sort of, you know, he can only leave the tower. Like, there's got to be some kind of thing to to put a governor on his power because, yeah. you know, he, he's just, it's too much, right? He's, he's a great character, but, um, you know. Uh, I, I think what, I think the, the limit they put on him, uh, and I think it ends up working really well, is his his passions you know his he's tormented by his history he and how he became a death knight he's tormented every night by banshees that were these elves that he sort of um took advantage of and then ultimately he all he really wants is kitiara and so he's all of his motivations i mean he set up kitiara to go against raceland so that kitiara could die so he could claim kitiara like, it's such a good, good story point. Yeah, he doesn't even really care about Palanthus. I mean, he wanted revenge, but he wants Kitiara more. And so he mm-hmm. just totally abandoned the entire assault of Palanthus just to take her body away. And the desperate sort of end for him is he doesn't even get her soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so he can't even realize his, his real true dream and passion and desires. Well, Pretty that's cool. uh, the way I look. I So I, I read The Night of the Black Rose, you know, yeah. the Ravenloft mm-hmm. story. So... That's it's a cool story, but I almost see it as like a divergence in the timeline. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, in, in in my imagination, he got Katara. Like, she got her comeuppance. You know, like she betrayed everybody. She just she's a terrible person. So you know, <laughs> she kind of got what she deserved. And you know, let's let's see people get what they deserve, and they deserve each other. Like Katara yep. deserves Soth, and he, you know he. What would he do with her? That would be an interesting story. Like, what would that be like? Would she accept her fate, or would she be always trying to weasel her way out of it? You know, that would be a really neat Dragonlance tale to tell. Yeah, like a what? Like if fan fiction. Anyone who's listening, you got some fan fiction. I give you that for free. Go ahead. <laughs> that <laughs> would be really it. cool because she, her entire motivation is power, mm-hmm. and so if she awakens to undeath realizing that she no longer has any mortal anything like and she was you know a very sexual being she used her sex in order to gain power so and then of course also for fun because that's what we all do um and that's part of what i loved about it. you can't really do that when you're dead so i mean i don't i don't know how i don't know it. maybe she'd be some sort of weird parasitic sexual vampire in the in the afterlife like a succubus that'd be kind of cool Maybe that's how she would like haunt Tannis's dreams and screw around with his marriage still after all these oh, years. Shit. Like, what could she do? Right? <laughs> like, there'd be so many really neat stories they could tell in some yeah. sort of multiverse of Dragonlance. But uh, I think oh, we kind of got way off topic. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> We're just sort of spiraling. Let's look at these. So this was from the High Claris Tower when mm-hmm. um, the Dragon Army officer Bakaris is bringing up Derek Crownguard and another corpse. And uh, these are just brilliant. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to look at the screen here. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely brilliant. Let me start it over from the very beginning so people can... I don't know why this auto plays sometime when I tell it to pause. Okay, so this is the series of images. Um, of course, these are the refined versions, but we uh, together we sort of like talked out what are the different scenes and how would we want to see them played out from what perspectives and such. 
Uh, and you can just see that Mike has gone above and beyond in really creating entire sort of panorama of, of images and experiences. So let's just walk through this visually and you can get a really great sense because you know, from up high on the, the battlements of the High Clarus Tower, you don't know who it is that's coming. The knights are just sort of on watch. They know that Derek Crownguard and all the, well, I think it was like the majority of the Knights of Salamnia rode out to face the dragon army in battle, and it didn't go well. And so they're not sure who's coming back and what they're coming back with. As they slowly get closer, just visually on this, I actually really love that it's in black and white and lets your imagination just sort of you know, spark a little bit, like what kind of colors would you see? Would it be completely muted tones? Would you see glints of like bright, colorful silver, like reflecting off of that torchlight or, and it's just, as it comes up close. Oh man, it's so beautiful. Sorry, I, I interrupted you there. I, I just, uh, you were talking about color and I really was in my head, I was trying to wrap my mind around how the moons work in print mm -hmm. because there's, you know, the red moon, the, the white moon, the silver moon, and then you know the black moon. But how how does that work in a fantasy? So if we're filming this and you're you know trying to light a scene, you know, and I think they describe it in the the book as uh, it's black, like it's so cloudy you don't really see any light, but you still have some ambient light. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if it was all slightly reddish? What that would add? Put a red yeah. filter on that. Yeah, way more foreboding. Right. That that's one of the things. Whenever I'm I'm role-playing the game and I'm you know dungeon master and I'm describing a scene I always like to think okay what does the sky look like because that's going to paint the picture on the ground you know mm -hmm. we take um, for granted that we just are always gonna have some form of bright white or bright yellow light that's going to then reflect on everything else but on Kryn because you do have two moons of color that are visible notary the black one you can't really see then those two colors are going to be playing off of each other depending on which one's waxing waning full or new and you know it's going to completely change the entire landscape and how it appears so not only is the filmmakers going to have to track the moon phase in order to get the right color that's going to splash down on these beautiful night scenes this snow falling down it's going to be tinted red in some cases. It's going to be like blood dripping down from the sky. It's good. Oh, it's just amazing. It would be really cool. Like that is something I, I think a lot of people, when they think Dragonlance, they overlook the moons. Yeah. Uh, but it's such an integral part of the world. But it, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to visualize. And that's something I think, um, it, you know, it was really playing on my mind throughout this this scene. And I just like to say to the audience too. I mean, Adam, he was the director on this. This was a team effort, right? So we worked together on this, and uh, so it wasn't just me. It was a, you know, you sort of spelled out how you saw the the, the frame in your mind's eye, right. and I was trying to riff off of that. So it's a collaboration, and that's the most fun when we collaborate on these things. And, yeah, I totally um, agree. Mm -hmm. well, so I'll take I'll take it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So I okay, love this going. where we see, you know, from the backside. Derek, I'm sorry, not Derek, but um, the, uh, Dragon Army Officer Bakaris coming up, and you see this. I mean, the way you you built out the face of this High Clarus Tower, I think, is just beautiful. I love the banner you've got, the Knights of Salamnia hanging down there, just adds scale on what otherwise could just be any building at all. You know, I mean, just it's beautiful. And the yeah, lighting from that. him reflecting off the horse and <laughs> the hindquarters of that poor person. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then we sort of pull back a little bit as he's moving forward, or we stay stationary and he moves forward. And you can just see him up on the battlements there, just sort of like their torches glowing, looking down, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Oh, it's so good. And then we switch camera POVs and we're looking down on top of them and we finally get to see who it is. Those horses look great, by the way. Thank you. Thank Gosh, you. it's so good. We're about to get to my favorite shot here. Okay. Oh, I love this. Yeah, you <laughs> wanted to see the gore. You really wanted to see the gore for this one. And this is the big reveal, right? This is where we see, like, oh. You know, the other ones, it's dark. You know, we're not quite making out. But this is this is the shot where you really, oh, man. Like, this is what we got. And yeah. Bakaras, this is when he's really playing up his arrogance and his, you know, he, he's triggering the audience, right? And we get to see... Even the guy on the right, is he dead too? What's going on? This guy's exactly. missing a head. Who was that? You know, arrows sticking out of him. And, you know, oh, I just I love I... it. I Good. love it so much. I'm just imagining, you know, this sort of like um, dried up cartilage from the frozenness, but there's still like blood stains like dripping down off the horse as it's freezing. And oh, it's just so gross and cool. Oh, I love that stuff. And then everyone up on top going like, oh, shit. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is going on? Yeah, well, in the books, they kind of this, they, they play this off. And we talked about it, I think, where um, it's a moment where the morale is wavering. And Sturm's like, what am I going to do? You know, he doesn't say anything. So the younger knights, and they're all just knights of the crown, right? And they're, Sturm, what are we going to do? And he, he doesn't say anything. And it's just sort of this pregnant pause, right? Mm -hmm. Drama. And that's sort of what I was going for. And, you know, we don't really see Sturm's eyes because of the, you know, the, I, I thought that made a... Like I put his eyes in shadow, not only because his helmet sort of overshadows it, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, we don't know what he's thinking. What's he going to do? How's he going to react? I, I think it worked out. I'm really happy with this frame. It, it oh, it looks out. great. And you got the mountain range right on the other side there. You got some other tower there behind him. It's perfect. Well, the Kai Claris Tower, literally, it, it's in, like, it covers the pass, right? Like, don't you have to travel through the Claris Tower to get through that pass? So yeah. it must, you know, there, there must be right, they're in a mountain range. Like they're yeah. right in the valley. They're right between two mountains. Like it's, they're close. I mean, I bet you, I, I thought about doing it even closer, you know, like um, Helm's Deep in right. the Lord of the Rings movies right. where they're right there. Um, but visually, it, it, I mean, it doesn't work, you know, when you're trying to sell the image because all you're seeing is just rock texture on the mm -hmm. side. We need to see, we're in a mountain range. There's yeah, stuff going on. We need to see the ridgeline. I absolutely agree. And I mean, just to sort of, play this this space out i mean the the pathway all the way up to palanthus has a river running through it so when they originally built the high claris tower it was off to the side so the river could just flow on the other side and you could just march on right up next to the high claris tower then in the cataclysm when the knights of slamnia retreated um and uh, well when slash were run off the Palanthus city government decided they needed more protection for that pass. And so they built the Knight's Spur as an add-on to the High Claris Tower, which completely covered the gap. So they created this aqueduct for that river to flow through. And now it completely spans it in this time period, where it's just this massive monstrosity of a structure. And it's just, I think it's, I think it's perfect. I think it looks great. And especially when you're thinking about the, the height that they're sitting and the mm -hmm. angle that that camera is sitting on, you want to see that mountain ridge, you know, that ridge mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. That's great. And it can't be too, like, this is the outer wall too, right? So it's not going to be, like they describe the central tower as this mm -hmm. ginormous structure, which it is, but, you know, we got to kind of keep it, split the difference between unrealistically 
high fantasy to yep. some sort of realism. So I, that, that was my goal anyways. Well, it looks great. I want to give a quick shout out to Goldmoon in the chat. Thanks for joining us live. Good to see you. And uh, Josef from Germany. How you doing, man? I actually was stationed there for three years. I love Germany. I think it's a great place. I think everyone should visit it. Um, okay, so let's look at the uh, next one. Oh, hold on. I gotta select the dog <laughs> So, Bacars is talking smack and, you know, telling everyone what he did and he's gonna, you know, what he's going to do when he sort of leaves the body there. He's like, what are you gonna do to me? You know, you're all night slamming. You live by a code. And then all of a sudden, you just pop! Something hits him. He screams out the the actual look on his face that you got and just that that motion of that arrow is brilliant it's so good because it's going to play into this next scene we're going to be doing too it's so good to see him just get what he deserves because he's a <laughs> prick i really don't like that guy and so this is tilted but you know it's just that panoramic view if you can just imagine the camera going from that close-up of him getting hit just oh my gosh and then the camera just zooms right past him and it actually instead of zooming up it sort of opens and then moves up into this next one where we see it framing all the way up to Lorana and we get her hero moment right here bam just looking fly and tough as hell everything's <sighs> blowing in the wind this is your iconic fantasy 80s hero shot right mm -hmm. she's up there we got some dramatic lighting on her and she's just you know really like this is the hero shot this is the moment when she becomes the golden general right so we got to really we got to show it off so yeah she's just i am no knight <laughs> <laughs> i got this boys oh gosh it was so good to see this i just want to say quickly to uh, chris's comment someone call uh, joe maganello and paramount studios about these i reached out to them and they've okay. never reached back so <laughs> They're probably like, it's just some stupid YouTuber. I'm just going to ignore him. You know what? Just keep keep hounding them and spreading the word, and we'll, we will uh, get through them. I mean, We should. These are brilliant. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and as you can tell, I really overworked these boards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think anyway. uh, the time is well-deserved spent. I mean, she just looks great, and you see him, her sort of looking down. I love the lighting from underneath. It could be, you know, torches along the battlements. It could be torches nearby of other people standing there. But just her with that, you know, sort of wispy trails of her helmet, ribbons for something. Mm -hmm. That's great. And these guys. Here they're, they're all reacting to what she, you know, what, what happened, right? And in the book, Sturm's kind of what just happened. And, you know, of course, Flint is, yes, good job. And Tasselhoff's <laughs> pointing to her like, oh, it's Lorana, you know. So I was trying to... <laughs> kind of captivate that moment because uh, there's a very much like we have to sort of set that scene because everyone everyone on those battlements they're not standing back looking at each other they're looking down at this dude talking smack to him he's a representative mm -hmm. of the dragon army that's ready to sweep across their lives and end them all and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden out of nowhere this arrow and hits him he's screaming they're all as stunned as he is like wait what who the heck mm -hmm. and then they realize it's her i just oh it's so good Ah, I want to see this in live action so desperately bad. And then just the cheering, just, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Take that, sucker. Go home. We don't want you anymore. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> he's just, poor backer. He's just like, I didn't think you would do that. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> They're shooting <Yeah>. at me. <laughs> run away, run away. 
What's know. that range on your bow there, Lorana? Can you get another <laughs> one in? Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, just peg him off, hit him in the foot so or something. Great. But yeah. Okay, so before we get to that, I thought these <laughs> were just stunning. I mean, you did such a good job. I'm just gonna cycle backwards here as we can see them. They're just so well done, and it really just makes me chomp at the bit of wanting to see this done in live action so bad. Yeah, I uh, so I would like to do. see it done, and I hope whoever gets on the team, they do a good job. Like, you know, not everyone's a Dragonlance fan. A lot of people who take on these storyboard artists, they're just storyboard artists, and they just yeah. want to do a good job. But, you know, people who hopefully, if the project ever takes off, I hope they get enough people on board who want to service the actual material mm -hmm. and do a good job. Uh, because I love these characters, I love these stories, I've been reading it forever, and uh, as you can tell, I put way, I spent a lot of time working on these <laughs> yeah, boards. Uh, most of the time when you do storyboards for these types of things, it's basically pencils and maybe a half tone, and that's it. And sometimes if you have time, uh, you will go in and render them out like I did here. But since this is the project I'm doing for myself, I, you know, I, time, there is no budget, so I just yeah. do, it, do it until I feel like it's done, and you know, I, I probably spent way more time on it than I should have, but that's okay. I, I like it. And um, I redrew Lorana for Frame 11, I think, a couple times. Oh, really? Playing around with her. And I did one where she was screaming, and my wife's looking over my shoulder, and she's like, no, no, she wouldn't be doing that. And, you know, it's you know we're acting all these scenes out, I and uh, it's great. I've got a whole, you know, committee behind me. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, no, yes. And, you know, my 10-year-old daughter's like, no, no, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. No, that doesn't look like Tika. You know, <laughs> so I get a bit of art direction, which is it's fun. It's great. So we get, we all get involved. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, let's look, because you also dropped, before we get into doing the next storyboard, um, you dropped some uh, sketches here that you've been working on. I want to see some of these. So we got Tika Whalen, fighter slash thief, as far as right. stats go. So... I've done a lot of the characters from Dragon's Vice. I finished that whole thing, but I haven't done all the Infellows yet, and I still want to. And after reading um, reading of Legends, now I'm like, okay, I have to do Lamar now. Yeah. I gotta do Chrysania, and I gotta do. And then now we've read some of the Tales stories, so I gotta read Palin and Sturm and Tant. Like, you know, it's it's endless, right? But um, I wanted to finish with the Infellows, and so this is uh, these are some sketches I was doing for Tika and uh, trying to wrap my head around how she would work in my mind for uh, my version of Dragonlance. Yeah. And um, one thing that stuck, stood out to me is, so if you look at her designs and everything, she's, you know, it's, it's 1983 probably when they're painting this, so it's very 80s sword and sorcery, and uh, it's, it's not, it's, everyone's in a really hot climate and <laughs> no one wears clothes, really. Um, big hair, too. Yeah, big hair. Well, she had to have big hair, right? Like, big hair. But um, it didn't make sense to me because her armor she gets, she gets her helmet and her shield and stuff. They used to belong to the queen of Quilonesty, right? Like, that was her reward for saving Gilfinus. Right. And then she's got all these cobbled pieces of armor. And it just didn't make sense that the queen would be like, well, I'm going to give you a helmet, but... Here's all these little uh, bits and pieces here, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I gave her more like a chainmail uh, shirt that would match Gilfinus and uh, Lorana. Still the same sort of helmet with all the gems on it and a couple of pieces, like a, a knee guard, that kind of thing. And maybe as the story progresses, 
you know, she can add more as it goes. Mm -hmm. But at least her base armor probably it would make sense that it would all be semi cohesive. Like you wouldn't send a nineteen year old out on a suicide mission to Pax Darkest and be like, Well, you know, here's a you know, a, a chainmail vest that shows your belly yeah. button and you know, like you would kinda Hopefully, uh, I think the, the elves could afford to give her at least a decent set of armor. But. Oh, for sure. And I love that it's inspired by the elven style as well, because that's where it's coming from. It just makes perfect sense. And I don't know why it, I don't, I'd have to look at some of the old pieces, but I'm not sure it ever was before. It seemed very much piecemeal before. Oh, yeah. Well, if you look at the drawings, like in Dragons of Mystery, it's, it looks fairly cohesive, to be honest. And I think the whole idea is just to show off her figure, yeah. not so much show off uh the the story like Dragonlance, especially the first book was written very um slapdash not not as a as a i don't want that to sound as a criticism it was just fast right? no, it's true they, yeah you know so they kind of there's continuity issues and whatever and they probably they're, de they're developing a game they're doing all these other things and then they're writing a novel you know uh, tika's armor is something that you know mega fans like us can nitpick over but it's, uh, yeah. uh yeah i think if they were to do it again they probably made it Put a little more thought into how that process is but i would uh, like to think that yeah yeah, they, but yeah sometimes i think you know they go style over substance a lot just mm -hmm. because visual especially in the 80s you just want it to look badass and you mm -hmm. don't really think why or how mm -hmm. you're just like no, no no just make it look hot and all the boys will buy it and that's what and they did and they did <laughs> it works you know yeah. uh and, and that's actually something that i kind of want to keep in like if if I was to do a Dragonlance movie, I'd wanna I would want it to be more Conan the Barbarian and less oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. You know, I would want that you know Basil Polydorus score in the background, like boom 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 oh, boom, yeah. and have you know people wearing uh, maybe less clothing than they should, and you know, but yeah. have that sort of because it's incredibly violent but dark, gritty, eighties. Um, I don't know. I think we've, we've repeated, I've said this before, but yeah, that, that kind of vibe, like, that's Dragonlance to me, not cool. Lord of the Rings, High Sorcery, so. Yeah. Well, let's look at this next one, mm -hmm. and uh, this is more casual, Tika. Beginning of the story, she's yeah. barmaid, right? So she's trying to think, and I was thinking at the time, who are actors in the early 80s that could probably pay, play Tika, right? And I kind of settled on, like, on the right, that's Julia Roberts from, like, Mystic Pizza. Oh, 1982, wow. 1983. Right. She has the big red hair, and she was young and right. an up-and-coming actress at the time. And she, she actually kind of checks some of the boxes for Tika. Oh. And then the woman on the left is the actress from Krull. Oh, wow. She, yeah. And so, and if you, she was about the right age for Tika. And in Krull, she has this giant red hair in that movie. Dude, I haven't seen that in years. Oh, well, now you know what you're doing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's a oh, classic. Wow. And that, that movie came out before Dragonlance as well. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, I think it, that's sort of what I'm trying to channel with some of these people. Like, if I was to cast them, it'd be someone to be inspired by or actually around in that time. Yeah. Um, that's get cool. into that mind frame. So. I dig it. It looks great. Thanks. I love it. And then, of course... The just the the golden woman herself, Gold Moon. Yeah, right? she's just fantastic. Well, actually, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I actually kind of feel bad for her. Like, why is that? Well, she all she wanted to do was marry this kid, <laughs> and she <laughs> literally got thrown out of her tribe because of it. 
Like that was like the end result. And then she was thrown into this massive war, wanted nothing to do with it, you know, carrying around this artifact. She had no idea about what it was, went, realized what it actually was and had to face down a dragon and, and fight the dragon, thinking that she lost her man. The only reason why she even left in the first place and so she's in this crazy, desperate, emotional situation and place and insanely dangerous area. And then she gets these discs, and that's kind of it. She's like, all right, well, here, I'll stand. Um, I guess I'm going to go home. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? You can't go home. There's nothing else. You just have to follow around these other people, and you have no more role in anything. <laughs> yeah, her and Riverwind sort of took a back seat for the rest of the series after the first book. And uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess one thing you're talking about her role, and I'm trying to think more of her backstory related to her costume, because her costume is pretty much perfect in the design originally. I didn't really want to change it too much. The pants the, are I think pants the real less version. That's, that's the key, right? <laughs> the one on the left is no pants. The one on the right is with pants. And um, it's basically the pose from the first cover, right, in this one. But you see on her, I guess it's, I wouldn't know if I would call it a skirt, but it's that garment she's got covering her groin area. Yeah. There's a symbol that they've always incorporated into her outfit that matches the symbol on the top of the Blue Crystal Staff. And it's very similar in design. It makes me wonder, like, maybe that could be a story element. Like, maybe she's always destined to be part. Like, this is one way maybe we could tie in the Plainsman faith with the old gods, maybe. You know, because in my mind, the Plainsmen are just the remnants of the citizens of Zaxaroth a couple hundred years later. So, oh, interesting. Uh, and then that's sort of how I see them. And, you know, like their, their, their world was destroyed, but those that lived, they, they stayed on the plains around what was Zaxaroth and survived however they could. Right. And that's kind of, that makes sense to me in my mind. And so maybe like she was the high priestess of her community. She was the spiritual leader of her community. She, you know, they go a little bit more into who she was in her life in the uh, River and the Plainsman book. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that kind of, it gives her at least a little more depth and mm -hmm. a little more of an arc for her story and kind of ties it together with her, her outfit. I'm, uh, yeah. That's where my mind's going. Um, no, I like that. I mean, her character was very interesting because her mom was, she believed in the old gods. And, mm -hmm. you know, her entire tribe believed to ancestor worship, basically, you know, because, of course, the gods left. And so if there's no gods, who are you going to worship? Well, you're late chieftain and chieftain princess, you know. So she was being groomed to take over and, you know, sort of govern in that same religious way. But she just never really questioned it until Riverwind and stuff. And there's this really great short story in the Tales trilogy. I can't remember the name of the story, but it's where she goes on this pilgrimage to um, this ancient temple uh, cave that her she meets her mother and that's where she first is introduced to uh, Mishikal and it's a beautiful story and it's just her realizing that there is something greater than just the ancestor worship that there is something greater than the world that she has been grown up and sort of um, cultivated in uh, and if you want to, you know, add that depth and development from that inspiration, then she is a much more complex character than presented in Autumn Twilight. And I, I kind of like that aspect of, of re-envisioning these characters, because with the input of so many different authors over the course of so many different years and the sort of tacking on and shaping and editing of their motivations and backstories, they become infinitely more complex than presented. 
and I like the complexity because we're complex creatures, you know? We're not simplistic A, B, black, white. I mean, we are, you know, shades of gray and emotion and, and ridiculousness, and I like that. Yeah, well, they just, they, they become richer characters over yeah. time. And one one thing, though, that is kind of a slippery slope is sometimes as they add more, it starts to deviate from the character. Yeah. The character starts to change, and maybe it's no you no longer recognize them. I really found that when I read Dragons of Dwarven Depths that, you yeah. know, it's been, what, 20, 30 years since the books were originally written. And the interpretations and the way some of the characters acted, they they weren't cohesive with the way they acted maybe in book one and book two, book three, the original trilogy. It just seemed to, it, it felt out of place. And I know there's a time gap between it, but it didn't, it felt, the continuity wasn't there. Like, yeah. They had added more to them and it rounded things out a bit more, uh, especially with Flint. And I didn't really, it didn't resonate with me. And uh, that, so that's that's sort of the slippery slope when you, you keep building on characters, they start to transform, yeah. right? And these characters live on in our minds and how we interpret them too, right? So this is how I feel it should be, but then you have your own idea. And that's what's great about Dragonlance because it's sort of a, a potpourri of ideas. They're not very consistent when it comes to continuity things change they add this and then they do something completely different and then yeah. you read one story and go wait a minute that didn't happen like that in that book did it and, you know, <laughs> it's almost like it's all an oral telling and uh depending on who's telling the story or how much time difference between it mm -hmm. it gives you a different perspective which is kind of a neat way to look at it too yeah i think so too and it's just that human tradition way i mean that's how mm -hmm. we've always done mm -hmm. it historically and then uh, we're back at the beginning. All right, so let's um, let's talk about this next scene that we wanted to uh, try to um, sketch out because the scene goes from them trying to mount Fireflash to them getting off of Fireflash with a prisoner. So I don't mm -hmm. know how how tight you want to wrap this around. In my head, I was thinking, well, let's focus on the moment when Fireflash first strikes. Backers's dragon from up and behind, and then they sort of combine. Or do you want to start because that could you know add some extra scenes you don't necessarily need? Or do you want to start where they're literally finding each other in the clouds and facing off, and uh, the blue dragon shoots its uh, breath lightning bolt and it hits the the crew, and you just have Flint just sort of like terrified standing there or sitting there, and Tasselhoff is literally like crawling at him and trying to get him to do stuff. And then they collide, and they're in a spiral of death. And that's when Bakaris comes up and, like, jumps over with his one dead limp arm and, like, jumps on Fireflash's back. And then Taz sneaks up, and he's, like, cutting off the harnesses. And Taz jumps on him like a crazy monk, spider monkey, and is, like, holding on to dear life, just all hilarious-like. Um, what, how, how big of a scope do you want to do this scene? Well... We're kind of spoiled for choice. Like this is the only scene in the books where Dragonlance is wielded, mm -hmm. right? And it's it's pretty it's comical. There's a lot of action. It's dramatic. It's a really great. And I wouldn't even I'd say it's several scenes. Like if I was scripting this for if this was going to be in a feature or something, it would be more than one shot, right? More than one scene. It's one event, but you would break it up. So the first scene would be, you know, Flint trying to mount. The, and interacting with Fireflash. Like, that's a whole scene right there. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, the hymn's interaction with Tass and the humor, Lorana's coming down, checking the lines, okay, time to go. That would be at a scene one, I think. And then, um, 
what there's a whole moment before. So what I, in my mind's eye, we have to establish the setting before we just launch into the fight. Right. I think I, if I was watching, past describes, you know, there's a point in the beginning of that chapter where he's excited. He's never been up in the air before. He's, he's starting to try to map and then his map flies away. And it's, it's really interesting, but it also establishes the setting. It gives you a little more feeling for what is about to happen, what's going on, what the characters are going through. So I think if we could do it, I'd like, in my mind's eye, I would start it with a couple of you know, shots of dragons flying in the air. We see the army. We see some establishing shots so we know, okay, they're in the air, they're flying, they're approaching the battle, something's going on. But we don't want to, I mean, you can add shots or take away shots. We don't want to overdo it because that'll bog down the pacing. But you want to have, I'm trying to think, like, you would want to see them in the air, you know, as yeah. we're going. Maybe, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Part of part of what really sets that scene is that as they're flying toward the other army and they don't see any dragons yet, they just they're mm -hmm. passing over their troops on the ground, looking like ants below. I think as an establishing shot, that would be really great. But then also that moment that they do see the blue and red wings coming mm -hmm. at them, and and that really adds the genuine threat because right now you've got all of these brass and gold and silver dragons all sort of lion bronze dragons lined up sort of flying overhead and it's this very world war ii uh, the allied forces are coming over the the countryside but as soon as you see those red dragons and those blue dragons shit is going on like this is real danger now like mm -hmm. it's not just you going to strafe enemy troops on the ground and what I really liked about Taz and um, Flint's experience on this is that the dragon doesn't care about the riders at this point. All of the dragons don't care about the riders because the riders only know how to ride on horseback. And so they're all trying to command these dragons as if they're like riding across the plains. And the dragons are like, no, 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 this is how you fight in the air. And they're going up through the clouds, maintaining cover so they're not actually seen. And then they swoop down on behind the, the enemy lines onto the dragons from behind. So, And seeing the, the red and green dragons sort of attacking the Alliance forces, the Whitestone forces, that's where you really get that sense of, oh, they're doomed. If it's not for these dragons, these good dragons, there's nothing that these Alliance forces can do, these Whitestone forces. Sorry, the, the new game is getting my, my mind with the Alliance forces all twisted. <laughs> so, um, um, I don't know. Like, I would love to see an establishing shot of them sort of going over the, the, the troops, the Whitestone forces, and I would love to see one with the, the enemies coming at them. Okay, so let's, let's talk broad overview, and then we'll get into some sketching, and then we'll sort of you know, block out the, the shots. Yeah. So, we're going to see... Okay, we're establishing shot. We're going to see uh, the dragon armies uh, advancing, and then you know we can see that the white stone forces are they're in trouble. So maybe they're outnumbered. Maybe there's they're outnumbered, or you can actually see the dragons causing their lines to break. Or I mean, we could do another cut where we see you know people on the ground going oh, and the dragon fear is taking over. We could do that. Um, so we want to establish that, and then we have our heroes now. Mm -hmm. so, they come in, they're coming in, and that's when we see sort of, I'm, I imagine, like, World War II, like, dive bombers. Like, we're coming in, right? They dive through the clouds, they come in, and they catch them completely by surprise, right? Yeah. Fire Flash, he leads the charge, because he comes in, he attacks, I think it's Bacaris' dragon, mm -hmm. takes, he, he, he hurts it, and then he goes back up into the sky, yeah. 
And that's when you see the other dragons, the other uh, evil dragons looking up like, what's going on? And then out of the clouds, here comes all the good dragons. So that would be, that's sort of, that would be a good moment where it's just, oh, you know, uh, yeah. again, I'll, I'll do a Lord of the Rings reference, but Gandalf coming down the side of Helm's Deep, you know, with the light. And we could really make that, like, this is the first time we're in book three where we finally are turning the tide of this war. So it's got to be an epic moment. It's yeah. be, this is crazy. But the next part that really strikes me in the books, and I don't know, I'd like to know what you think about this, but when they're coming down, the evil dragons are coming up. And it's chaos. Like again, it, it makes me think of like a D-Day landing shot from uh, Band of Brothers, right? Like, you right. know, like there's this one. It's described of like one bronze dragon takes a lightning bolt to the head, and it's yeah. just uh, going down. And there's and a the knight rider screaming, screaming for his right? life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like I'm seeing smoking dragons, and even Fireflash takes a hit, right? And uh, that kind of I, I, like stakes got to be high. We got to see like good guys getting taken out before they even get into the fight. Like yeah. this is. This is, this is what we, I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, do you, you like I'm that? I'm with you. I love okay. it. I, I love the, especially from the ground point of view. You know, if you've got mm-hmm. a bunch of different forces all moving forward, then suddenly the dragon fear hits you probably before you even see them. Mm-hmm. That's the greatness of dragons in, in Dragonlance is that fear aura. And so they're just sort of terrified, breaking ranks just a little bit. People are freaking out. Maybe you're just focusing on a commander trying to get his troops back together or something. And then, like you had mentioned, having the, the, the dragons come through, like um, uh, Fireflash raking the flanks of that officer's uh, blue dragon and then going back up, and then all of them from, their, like, from Dragonback POV looking up and trying to figure out what just happened, where did they go, because there are clouds and everything. You know, this is very sort of dogfighting um, sort of territory. I love that. And then, yeah, like you had mentioned, seeing just a bunch of those dragons coming, breaking through of multicolors of the good dragons, that'd be dope. Okay. So, and continuing the scene, uh, that's when Fireflash kind of comes up and he resets. And that's when he tells Flynn mm-hmm. to set the lance. But Flynn, I don't know if he's having a stroke or a heart attack or a bit of both. <laughs> I don't know, but he's, 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 he's in definitely trouble. terrified. Yeah. So, there's this the drama of this. You know, trying to get Flint to react and set the land system time, and so there's a lot of real interesting dramatic story beats we could try to focus on there. And then, boom, he uh, in, the dragons impact, and that's when the drama. Now, this part of the story really kind of, I don't know, it, it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around visually because they're falling for a really long time, fighting to the death, and then you know they're jumping from one dragon to the next, and then they describe how the blue dragon sort of is impaled on the bent dragon lance, but yet for some reason he's able to break off and float there for a minute on Bakaris's command. Well, and he he could only break off once um, Flint yeah. or Flint finally got his head about him and like dislodged the dragon lance from his mount so that they they could separate because the dragon lance was anchoring them all together because it was through the the wing joint of the blue dragon. And so the two dragons are actively going at it, biting at each other's necks, raking each other's bellies and stuff, like just going crazy. And they can't separate. And so they're literally just spiraling down toward the ground. And then finally, you know, that's when he, he finally dislodges it and they're able to sort of back up and stuff. But, that, you know, that's the point where Taz is literally on Bacchus's back and he can't see his dragon to command him or anything. And, you know, other dragons are up in the air too which is forcing all of the bad dragons to focus on defending themselves rather than that dragon coming to save backers. 
Um, and I like that aspect of it, that they're literally trapped together. There's nothing they can do except fall until Flint gets his shit together. <laughs> well, the way I'm, I'm, I think the intent is, it, it only happens in a couple of minutes, split seconds. Yeah. Like it's not, I don't think it's minutes. The I mean, it's like quick. It's like boom, boom, it's happening. They're spinning. Like, it's just crazy, though. Like, would you jump from one dragon to another with one dead arm in the middle, <laughs> spiraling down? Like, and, I mean, that, there's a couple yeah, things about crazy. that. Like, the, the psychology yeah. of Bacchus to do that. Like, in his head, he must be so confident of the bond he has with his dragon. Because, again, he's probably been riding that same dragon for years, you know, throughout the whole course of this, this campaign thus far. And so, you know, in his mind... I'm just going to go over and cut the ropes that's holding us to those two dragons together. And then I can just jump off. My dragon will grab me and carry me off. Like in, that's how I was interpreting his actions. Like he knows he's not going to be able to get back on his dragon, but he has enough faith in his dragon to rescue him because they have this shared connection, uh, this sort of campaign connection of uh, fighting together. Hmm. You know, that was I... my, my interpretation of it. So, you know, he's got that one, bad arm but he's like hacking at it with his longsword and he actually does get one of the straps free which is like fluttering off in the wind and that's when flint or taz is like oh my gosh we're gonna <laughs> die if i don't do something it's like flint get your head together <laughs> it's it's crazy like I, I kind of when i was trying to visualize it earlier i was thinking about those flashpoint moments that tasselhoff talks about where um, one minute there's a dragon in his face and he's making eye contact with the dragon and then yeah. he's upside down and then there's this guy and then he sees him standing up in a saddle like so imagine lots of like some kind of special effect shot where the camera is just rotating and mm. you know it's almost like a gyroscope and they're inside of it and everything's just yeah. happening and dragons screaming and blood flying and everyone's panicking and it's like how do you how do you visualize that this that's going to be a real yeah. challenging point but it's it's the linchpin of that scene I think like it's it's integral and that's how it all ends and then they're heroes at the end and they have sort of that moment where okay, they've landed. Well, there's that peaceful moment where the, you know, Fire Flash looks over his shoulder and then they can see he's all scarred up and beat up, but he survived. He's, yeah. he's okay. And they've got this prisoner and they've, they're the heroes. They did a really good job. And then we kind of see Flint, he had his, uh, you know, he was, he was trying to brush off his heart troubles and um, he, it ends on that kind of note, like, what happened to Flint, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's good, but we... We, got, we want to capture all those important moments. Like, there's there's a lot going on in that scene. It's a, that's probably why it's one of the best written scenes in that book. It's the one that always stuck with me because yeah. there's a lot of drama and action, and it's very entertaining. So, um, but it's we're ambitious. We're going to tackle this one. It's going to be some work. Ooh, so. It's going to be a rough yeah. one to tackle. <laughs> yeah. So, um, want me to share my screen here, and then yeah, we'll let's do that. Try to. It should okay, be set up uh, once you share, but I'll... Here we go, yeah. All can right. you see that? Yep. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to... Hey, Skull Cowboy, thanks for tuning in live, man. I've got a new tablet, and it's a little... Uh, I'm still learning the ropes on it, so it's... Oh, yeah. uh, it does what it wants to do sometimes. Bear with me. Okay, so... How do you see the like the first frame? Are we well? If at... if you're doing like from the ground to the air to the ground, then it's got to be like Tasselhoff trying to push Flint up on Fire Flash's back, right? Well, I'm thinking we should not do that scene, that part of it, and I'm thinking we should start in the air. Okay, right? I like do we want to start in the air with like we're seeing? So here's you know like a well, dragon. I... 
I mean, if we're going to, I do feel like it has to be grounded, right? Like at some point, I, I like the idea of starting from like the troops view, you know, looking across, I don't know, a, a rocky expanse of the um, Salamnic Plains towards uh, Estwild. And then, you know, getting a glimpse of something passing through the clouds. And that's where we then flash to the dragon's back view that you were just mm. drawing. I think that would be kind oh, of interesting. Okay. So how do you, how do you see that? Because I mean, that? ultimately, what we need to impress upon the viewer as they're watching this is the fact that if you fall <laughs> off this dragon, because that's what really makes you know Bacchus's action so spectacular, and Taz's reaction so spectacular, is that it's literally death defying. You are so far up in the air in the clouds that if they fall, they're going to die. And if you're on a dragon back and your dragon falls, you're going to die. Like there's nothing, no safety net at all. And so I do think if we're maybe over the shoulder of, and we see, you know, over the shoulder of a, a soldier or soldier's uh, perspective and we can see some sort of force coming toward them, but, you know, we see enough of an angle of the sky and the clouds that something's flying between clouds. It's just suggesting that it's there. Well, you, 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 uh, maybe we're confused because it sounds like you want to see from the, the good guy's point of view looking at the dragon's coming or are we starting from the the dragon army's point of view seeing them because we don't they yeah, don't see the, the good dragons course. until after the first attack right, right, right. so the scene kind of go like here i'm drawing okay maybe they've they've taken flight and here's some ground crew or some knights on the ground seeing and waving them on as they fly off mm -hmm. you know they're going towards here's the mountain range over here right and they're flying off to war right so we're getting that ground view up that you described of people on the ground seeing the dragons going off to battle yeah. is that is that kind of where you're going with that or i was you, thinking more of the forces but you're right the good dragons are not seen until the bad dragons uh sort of attack mm -hmm. and so if you want to establish the good dragons presence i was thinking more of saving their reveal um until that impactful moment of it raking onto the back of the bad dragons what if we see just Flint and Tasselhoff on Fireflash, okay. right? So what if it's just the two of them flying through the the air, right? We're seeing just this, mo this moment where you, the characters are here, they're flying around, and they're it's all cloud cover. Everywhere's cloud cover, yeah. right? And it's sort of this majestic battle, you know, like just a moment, an establishing moment in the story, right? And then... We're seeing the characters flying, moving around, maybe one or two shots. So it almost looks like Tass and Flint and Fireflash versus everybody. Like it's they're they're alone in the clouds, right? I like that, yeah. And then so you know they're flying. Maybe we'll see a profile shot, the dragon, you know, something like this, right? How do you like my block drawings here? Very good. <laughs> you know, we're just here's the dragon. We're flying. There's some cloud cover, cloud cover, something like that, right? Yeah. And they're they're moving stage right and then now we're you said we wanted to see a moment where we're seeing the from Tasselhoff's pov yeah right? little ants so, people yeah so maybe here's Tasselhoff. there's his his tear in the wind and <laughs> he's looking down and down here so you know we the dragon wing is uh, saying that here's a dragon wing and flint's over here so we're just seeing they're probably closer together but you get the point yeah and then we're seeing on this half or this area here this is where we're seeing all the armies right mm -hmm. we're seeing people down here we're seeing 
the two armies lined up against each other, maybe something like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And so, you know, Tass is sort of looking down, um, you know, look at that, Flint, look at that. And we're getting that establishing shot. Mm-hmm. And then you wanted to see something like, okay, the evil dragon army, the dragons are routing the, the, the good guys. Now, would we see that from like a, like, uh, so high up that it would just be, you know, shapes, like a shape of good guys, shape of bad guys, and then these dragons coming in, blowing flames and breaking it up? Or would we be even closer? closer I, I like the idea of just the impending doom of the soldier scale. Like okay. on the ground, you have massive lightning bolts blasting entire uh, troops of soldiers. You have flames being blown down by the red dragons, annihilating other people. And you just got this terrified person frozen, just staring. In, and, and he's like our witness to the actual travesty of what's happening. He's just sort of like looking from left to right, watching the scope of destruction all around him. So it's almost as if we, the audience, are this one person amid the full chaos of battle Hmm. that might be an actual interesting story point right so here we're seeing people being incinerated knights are breaking and running right maybe there's horses you know freaking out and we see a dragon here's some young squire call out for his mom yeah well i'm thinking there's like one guy here holding his spear both hands you know his knees are together he's just like frozen in terror right so the good guys are breaking you can see the break in their ranks this way right and then here's one evil dragon and then there's another one over here and they're just it's just chaos right yeah. like we're talking a front like a mile long of just people <laughs> and they're being attacked and this guy but then what if we get a shot where we just see him you know just him the one guy standing alone against a dragon right and he's not because he's super brave but because he's too scared to move right mm-hmm. Maybe we see him from the front, like, holding his spear. Like, oh, my God, this is it. This is the end. Flames kind of coming in, something like that. And then this is the story. This is where we're going to hook the audience because now that's when the good dragons come into action. Like, his life hangs in the balance, right? Mm -hmm. So now we've got a shot where we want to do those shots where we see this guy, he's going to die. Now the heroes have to react. So this could be where we see them die. Right, so maybe we see the dragon up here, and then dive, 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 and he just starts going down, right, towards the battle. So we see the battle here. Here's the dragon going this way, and the characters on his back, and then they're diving down to the chaos below, right? And then we were seeing, maybe, do we want to see a shot of the, like a really neat sort of shot, really forced perspective, where we see the you know, here's the dragon's head, and then here's Tasselhoff, and then here's Flint, right? Yeah. And then we see the, the, the dragon lands going all the way down, and then we see a dragon from behind. 100%, yeah. You know, something like that. Like, we got the, the evil dragon doesn't know what hit him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the strength of this scene is you really have, you know, from what you've been sketching up thus far, from the ground perspective – there's just doom and then this mm-hmm. promise of hope and the bad guys don't even know it's about to be hit mm-hmm. something really just got this dragon he's just breathing fire killing everybody just ruining everything and then boom how do, do we show the impact do we show like something like dragon is 
you know, tongue sticking out, flames going this way, his body's just been crushed, his wings are on the ground, and then we see, you know, Fire Flash jumping right on him, like, you know, he's on him, like, you know, we could take a little bit of creative license, like, honestly, I don't think that dragon would have survived, (laughs) you know, if he got hit from behind, like, if I was Fire Flash, why would I just break his butt with my claws, I'd bite him in the neck, you know, like, why not, let's, let's throw these evil dragons, these good dragons, like, this is, we got you, you know, like, boom, like, you know, from an audience point of view, it would be kind of pretty cool to see, finally see some real victory going on here. I don't th- that's what I'm thinking. I like here. it, I like it. You like that? So something like that, you know, it's like, we, we get this sense, you know, this, I don't know if you can see where I'm going here, but you, this sense of just like, bam, he pounced on him, like a cat pouncing on a mouse, you know, yeah. just that, that incredible violence. And like, so does no this hope. dragon have a rider? Is he like right underneath the good dragon's neck, looking behind, like shocked, like oh my god? Hmm. Well, did all the dragons fight with riders? Like, how many? Most of them did. Yeah. Yeah. For the evil. Well, then, let's let's have him. Like, maybe I mean, we could this have one him... particularly was Bacchus's, where he was raked. Hmm. At least well, that was I'm... my interpretation of it. That was mine too. But I'm um I'm I'm suggesting we take some creative license. Okay. Because let's like, why would you? How would they luck out to take the general out in the first one? I know in the book. I mean, it, you, the I think it would easily be a you know, you know which one's the lead. Yeah, totally. I, they just, I think it makes a little more drama mm-hmm. where we've we've taken them out, right? And oh, shows yeah. the power. Yeah. It's just a, just a thought here, but yeah, we can see this crashing dragon, and now we got to see the reaction from the squire with the spear. How would you see that? Like, what, or should we even have that? What are you thinking? Uh, I think the ground game has been told because mm-hmm. ultimately theirs was of doom and the mm-hmm. hope is where we want to stay, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so would we see him, like, relief on his face? Would he be standing... I mean, what if it was, like, the dragon was crushed that was about to kill him on into uh-huh. the ground and he's, like, dragging a ground... You know, just the, the velocity of the dragon hitting the ground and sort of tumbling as Fireflash leaps off of its back into the air again and it just sort mm-hmm. of drags and tumbles toward him and then stops mm-hmm. in front of him or near him. Hmm. What if when they do the pounce, he's in frame? Like we see him as he's about to get eaten or, or torched, and then boom, fire that flash. That'd be pretty cool. Gets him, and he's he's there, and this guy's he's scared. He's holding his spear. Crash, and then maybe we see a close up of him. Like the hope is renewed, you know. Happy <laughs> <laughs> <He's not laughs> yeah. But you know, he or he's just. He just peed himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would love just a sort of almost a blank expression so it can be filled in by the audience member. Like, is yeah. he relieved? Is he still terrified? Because even just seeing that dragon crash so close in proximity, you'd be scared. Yeah, maybe he doesn't know what to make of it. Like, he's, yeah. I'm imagining this is like a squire, you know. Someone... And you got to see like sweat or, you know, like, yeah. like, streaks of like blood or dirt or something like just something yeah, to like add there's no reason why this guy should still be alive yeah but he he did survive for some reason he's just like Woo-hoo-hoo. this might be a little comical we can cut it if we don't like it but yeah. you know that's the great thing about storyboards is you you can you know build as you go mm-hmm. right yeah it's uh so we got that and now whew, the dragons go off like uh fire flash heads for the the sky so would we show him you know, moving up, like flying up. Yeah, I do think that would be important just because he, he goes up into the clouds from this point. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when he's okay. telling, like, looking back, like, get the Dragonlance ready. Let's go. Right. So maybe we'll see this, you know. It would be nice to see it from the cloud view of him coming up toward us. Yeah. And maybe I'm... even having him go over us. So, like, the camera is just watching his belly and tail pass by it. Yeah. Okay, so camera's here, right? And then we see him. So, yeah, so he's, he's flying up towards us. Yeah. Right. And then he'll fly off off frame, right? And we're yep. seeing this perspective, just dramatic. Maybe we'll see this crushed dragon down here and some other action down here. But it's all about him coming into the sky. He's, yeah. He's going, he's getting ready for a second attack. So the dragon's got like confidence. He just got his first kill. Flint mm. just has that terrified face as he's passing us. And Tasloff <laughs> is just like, yeah, <laughs> like super <laughs> excited. Now, would we see in this shot, the next shot, is this when we're seeing the other dragons looking up to the sky, like, what's going on? Yeah, you know? it's got, like, because, yes, yeah, it's been Dragon, revealed. Maybe, they know they've got enemies now. Make it even, you know, bigger. Like, this guy's looking up, like, what's going on, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, dra Magic Dragon Wizard, thanks for tuning in live, man. Right. Yeah, we'll see some, they're looking up, they're, they don't know what's going on. We're just seeing some confusion, you know? We've, mm -hmm. These guys have never been on the back foot. They don't know what's going on. That kind of thing. Yeah, I dig it. Looking up, so we'll just see clouds in the sky. Nothing. And then... I mean, they're definitely not on the ground, though. Like, the dragons, you know, the strength of the dragons is just being able to strafe these troops. Mm -hmm. Well, they're they're below the cloud cover. Though. Yeah. So they're they're looking up, but not, not on the ground. And then... Is this what we want to see, sort of... I do want to see Bacchus because I, I want to see a point where he directs his dragon to take care of that one that just took down that other dragon. You know, he's like, no, no, we need to take that one. He just pummeled from behind. We need to get it even. Hmm. Okay. I'm, um, so I, I, maybe we'll, so this is the, the shot that I'm sort of seeing is now we're seeing this break in the cloud cover, right? And yeah. we're seeing all these dragons now pouring out of the clouds, right? Yeah, Coming yeah, down. Yeah. But like as epic from the side view, like, oh, it's on. And maybe we'll see a couple of bad dragons down here, mm -hmm. right? But they're just, like, let's say just for entertainment purposes, you know, we got like four or five dragons here. And then we've got like 90 dragons here. Just a ton of dragons coming out of the sky now. Yeah. It's on. And then what if we had this next shot where that's where Bakaris is like, attack, let's go, you know? Yeah, he's commanding all of the other dragon riders and dragons, like, let's go, let's be focused on the clouds, they're up above us, get yeah, up there. Something, something like that, he's, he's pointing. Yeah, maybe you know, not with that arm, because it's all busted up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe he's uh, he's pointing with his, you know, yeah. index finger. I think it's important way. to keep that, you know, focus on that arm just being limp at his side, because yeah, he can't yeah. even... That would, that would even it. look better, right? Like, he still has this... His limpy arm, but he's, you know, his dragons look it up that way. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the story's kind of going that way. And he's like, get him! And here we're seeing the other dragons attacking now, right? They've never faced a dragon lance, so they really don't know what they're up against. Yeah, exactly. So we're seeing, okay, we're, we're flying up. So now the action's kind of going upwards. And now this is the part where... We want to show Fire Flash kind of, this is where they have that moment where he's like, set set the lance, get ready. Mm -hmm. So how, how would we see that? What are you thinking for that? I, I would really love to see them moving toward another dragon coming right at him. And the like 
Fire Flash is like turning its head to the side just a little bit, looking back with his eye, sort of like, get the lance ready, because it's happening right now, you know, the urgency of hitting another dragon is like on them. So we're seeing like a real close-up of Fire Flash? Yeah, like his shot. head just turning back. And then in, the, uh, in front of him, we're seeing the other dragon coming. Okay, so if we so can like, just get the hint of a dragon in the, in the distance. Here's Flint and Tass, and then here's dragon here maybe yeah, coming up. That'd be cool, yeah. Like that. And he's like, get ready. And uh, the lance is kind Snap of... Snap out of it, sir. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like they're both there, something like that. And then, so they're in the air. And you could even have Taz like pointing at the dragon, like shouting, you know, obviously to, to Flint, like, we, you got to do it now. <laughs> Look, it's here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's good. So Taz is sort of leaning over yeah. more energy. And we just sort of, we don't really, should we see a moment of just Flint kind of like, because he's in shock or something right now. Like, should we see a, just a pause in the story? Like what's going on with Flint? Like, so the audience knows he's struggling yeah, with. I, I do think we should have that. He has that deathly gray pale to his skin. He must uh -huh. be clammy and sweaty. And would you I, see that? How would you see it in your mind's eye? Like, if you were a camera, where would it be? You know what I would love to see. I'm just sort of spitballing here. Is the reflection in his eyes zooming close in? So we're just looking at a reflection of the dragon, and then it zooms out to show his terrified face as he's staring off at that dragon with that huge shield and the dragon that's at his side and he's not even like ready to to like react Ooh. yet because he's he doesn't even like being in a boat he, he doesn't like being <laughs> up in the air he's terrified he's in this moment he's just absolutely terrified oh that'd be, that's a good shot that looks that'd be that'd be an interesting one to do so we see because all you see eyes. is that glassiness of his eye and you know obviously they don't have masks on and the amount of wind shooting at their face you would have just natural tear ducts Filling, mm -hmm. glossing, you know, glossing your eyes over with water. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it would just be an insane shot to do. Okay. I like that, though. That's good. So we would, okay. So, and then we would, would, how far would the shot zoom to? So we could see the shield and the start of that dragon lance. Okay. So. And then Taz on his back, like looking, you know, side to side of his face, like shouting. And I'm like, get, uh, get the lance ready. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. The dragon lance. Oh, it's so cool. Oh my gosh. And then Flint kind of here and uh, just shot, you know, the look on his eyes, right? Yeah. Doesn't really know what's going on. And uh, then we see Tasselhoff, you know, just hands on his head and, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> leaning out. He shouldn't even be, like, he's not tied to anything, you know. Yeah. He's. Yeah, he's, you know, bothering Flint somehow. He's like, Flint, get the thing, or yeah. pointing at it, maybe something, something like that, you know? Yeah. But the frame will start, shot will start like that, and then yeah. we'll, we'll zoom out Perfect. that way. Camera will really, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll pan out, and we'll see, you know, this thing, right? And maybe the sun's like right behind them for coming out of the sun or something. That'd be great. Something interesting. Yeah, that's a good shot. I like that shot. Um, okay, so we see that Flint's scared. He's coming in because um, I mean, he barely gets it set in time. But now this is when we're, we're going to see the dive. Like we got to see that moment where the other knights are getting creamed. Like lightning bolt hits because Flint has to duck behind the, the dragon shield, right? Uh, yeah. So he doesn't get by a lightning bolt. Fire flash takes a shot. 
Like, so we got to, let's, let's extend the moment from setting the dragon lance to the actual impact so we can show those or other story beats. Mm -hmm. So do we want to see, like, we got to see something of the chaos that's happening. Like I was imagining a really neat shot of just dragons coming at you. Like they're coming at you hard and they're coming up at you fast. Right. Like something scary, like terrifying, you know, like, just some kind of, you know, slavering jaws and tongues sticking out and they're angry and, you know, lightning bolts. I don't know about lightning bolts yet, but, you know, like it's all wings and high lords and spears, like just crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Just some some kind of, like they're coming at you. This is, yeah, we're in for it. Like, like they, they want to end right? you. Like this is bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm trying to think of something like that. But would, it, would we go from one POV, like whew, we see Flint, this is what he's seeing, and we just rotate the camera 180, and now we're seeing this is what's coming at him. Yeah, I like, like that. Whoa. I think that's okay. Fair. I would okay. really love to see a sort of, you know, this is like front and back camera shot, but before mm-hmm. they actually, the velocity of two dragons hitting together, before, you know, right before that blast of lightning uh, that they have to duck behind the shield for, if we could get like a complete profile shot of the sky view of just combat in the distance between dragons. Maybe we see that one dragon get fully hit in the face and falls, but Mm -hmm. then close in front of that layer in the distance, that's where we see the heads of the two dragons that were about to crash together um, uh, with Flint and Bacchus. And we see that blast of lightning right from the side. So we see that dragon take the deep in, inhale and just, it's just like, doom, and the lightning bolt shoots out of his mouth. Mm. Just okay. from like a side view. You know that famous Dragonlance picture of... Um, yes, yes, yeah. Legend of Yuma. So it's yes. a similar thing to that shot, but with you know just two dragons at high velocity coming toward each other and the lightning bolt just striking out at him. So... Okay, so we're we're gonna we're stretching all these moments out. So what we have the luxury of doing is we can draw a bunch of different shots, mm-hmm. and then we can pick and choose which ones we want to use and in what order. So because we're kind of bouncing around. So yeah. what I'm thinking, let's just draw a couple of cool shots that we like, and then we'll organize them how we want them. Um, because I like all of these, and if you got a good idea, we want to use it. <laughs> you know, and it's rather I'd rather have lots of good ideas than no good ideas. So let's let's use them. And I'm, I'm thinking, let's see from, ta- like, so much, the whole, whole chapter is Tass's point of view, pretty much, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah. So let's show him on the back of the dragon with Flint. They're going down. And this is where we're seeing the first units engage, right? So we're seeing, uh, like, because we want to see that, that knight going down, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, how, do, like, how close are they? How close are we? Are we seeing a knight, like a dragon, being hit mid-flight, you know, like, we oh, don't for see sure. what's hit like we see like a like a lightning bolt coming coming up and then hitting them and then you know something some I don't know some kind of mess right this dragon just got smoked mm-hmm. and then we're seeing other dragons coming down diving like we're not quite seeing the evil dragons yet but we're seeing like the flax coming right they're the the shots are coming up right yeah. we're seeing fireballs do they do they shoot fireballs or do they just yeah, shoot it's, it's usually just big cones of fire so maybe the first shots would just be lightning, right? Yeah. Like some kind of crackling lightning bolt going, zinging by, right? Like too close. You know, we're seeing one guy get hit and mm-hmm. more guys coming. And... And I love the idea of even the screen just goes white because a mm-hmm. lightning bolt just went right next to you and then it kind of fades back to like the view of the actual dragons and you just see one of them like dropping down. 
chart, yeah. please. I kind of want to see, like, I really want to see that shot of the, the one dragon. His face is on fire, yeah. the bronze dragon, and then the knight on his back. But I, yeah. I, how do you, how do you see that in your mind's eye? Is the camera beside them? Is it above them? Is it below oh, them? You know what? Um, oh gosh, let me think about this because I think it would be interesting. It's, it's told from the from the perspective of Taz. But I think the strength of it would be to follow the dragon as it's plummeting, and the guy is doing his best to hold. I mean, he's strapped in, so he's like trapped, and he's like screaming, knowing he's dead. Like he okay. didn't get hit, but he's dead, and the dragon's I, head is just lolling and flapping. Okay, I got an idea. So what if we show from below the first part of this shot? We see this dragon, and it's 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 been it's been one shot, and it's mm -hmm. done, right? But from below, so its face is on fire. Right, we see the dragon lance up here, and its wings are still, you know, doing something. But mm -hmm. that's the first part of the shot. Then we see as the dragon starts coming down, right? So that maybe its body's twisting, right? We're mm -hmm. seeing this, yeah. and then we're seeing now we're starting to see the knight as it's getting bigger. We're seeing him holding on, and then the wings are, you know, limp now, yeah. and the body's limp, and things are kind of. We're seeing we're seeing a reveal of the night, and we're seeing a we're seeing this burnt head. We're really seeing it up close, and then the dragon rotates, and now we're seeing the knight's face as the dragon rolls, and now we're seeing he's holding on for dear life, right? Yeah. As this here's like here's the saddle, here's the dragon lance, you know the dragon's rolled, and now he's he's falling to his doom. So like maybe the camera could even. We could even zoom in to him, right? So yeah, I like, like that. Falling, so we see from below the shot, the impact, and then he rolls into camera. So then, you know, we zoom right into his poor face as he's, it's kind of like an anime shot, you know, from some sort of, uh, you know, dramatic you know, anime, you know, like, ah! his face gets right in there, his mustache is blowing in the wind, he's terrified. <laughs> yeah. We all know he's going to die, you know, like a real kind of, he didn't even get a chance to even get his 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 dragon lance ready to go. Like this yeah. is it. He's done. You know that might be that might help really raise the stakes. Maybe. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, especially as those other two collide here in just a minute. Yeah. So then we see that guy. He's burning. Now he, he's crashed. Do we see anything else of him, or are we now we're going back to Tass and Flint? They're about to make contact. Um, or do, or it would not, be interesting if crack? we. If the camera was right underneath Fireflash, right, and it's just watching the body of the dragon hit the ground, and then the camera pans up past the dragon, and we see Taz looking down and like look back up toward uh, the you know the dragon that's leering toward them, and that's when he's like, "Oh my gosh, get the dragon! It's ready. We're gonna get. That's gonna be us." Okay, so so almost from like above or something like it's like right above. Maybe maybe it's right above Flint's head, and we just see that, you know, very far down below them, just a, a dragon hit that ground, and then Taz just react, and immediately he's like, oh my gosh, get there. Okay, so you, originally you said from below. Yeah. So we're seeing Fireflash. So like, I mean, my, well, my imagination was the camera was focused on the ground, not Fireflash, and then it came okay. up past, like, maybe between a wing and his neck, where it reveals the top of his back. So we realize that we're we're moving up right next to and then on top of the dragon. I don't know if I'm describing that that panning up right or not. But. Well, I guess I'm trying to 
Yeah, let's, well, okay, well, let's describe the end of the shot first. Mm -hmm. So is the camera over his left or right shoulder? Um, let's say it's over his left. His left, okay. So, uh, and we're seeing like his tass and flint on the right or the left-hand side of the frame? Um, well, let's just have them on the left, yeah. Okay, so, so if this is the wing and yep. that's the body, so we're seeing here's Fire Flash's head, right? And then Flint and Tass here. Yeah. And then we've got the Dragon Lance there. So that's sort of, and they're still diving downwards, right? Well, at this point, are they not heading straight toward that other blue dragon? Right. So the perspective would be even harsher for this shot, maybe. Or it doesn't matter. The camera yeah. could go anywhere, yeah. Yeah. I guess. But we're seeing them they're going down. Um, where the horizon is, I don't even know. <laughs> okay. So we're... Yeah, I don't even think down. there is a horizon from this perspective. I mean, this yeah. we're just looking at the ground. So here's the the other dragon. He's getting closer. Yeah, it, they're just about to hit, right? He's he's on them, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe something like that. So that's the end of that shot. Now this is let's say uh, end. Where would you put the the beginning of that shot? Like the camera we're seeing. Is the camera? Yeah, it would where, be like a helicopter shot looking down at the ground as the dragon falls and hits. Okay. So we're still really high altitude, though, right? Yeah. So really, yeah, and I think so that's the strength of it because we zoomed in on the guy's face screaming, and the audience is like, "Well, why is he screaming? Can't can he just like jump off or something?" And then you realize, "Oh no, he was really high up. <laughs> like he's dead." Okay, so we just see this like boom kind of. Yeah. And, it just, and maybe it even runs into a bunch of troops or breaks apart a platoon of troops that are fighting another oh, yeah. group. Or... Yeah, that would be good. You know, Maybe at least he got to take out some draconians. Before. Yeah, so it looks almost like a kamikaze hit by accident. Yeah, yeah, that would be one way to do it. So yeah, there's a bunch of troops around, right? Just boom, chaos, rolls, and just it's just a mean-looking thing. But as... So this is the beginning. Right. And then how is this camera? I imagine it literally lifts straight up into the air from that perspective, and we go between the wing and the neck of the dragon to that first shot, or the end shot, I guess. Hmm. That so you just drew. in the middle, so here's the end. We're yeah. above the mid shot. Is the camera going to be below, like here? Something like yeah. that? Yeah, and then it comes straight up past them. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, so here, here's the body, the wings flying this way. The camera's kind of going to go up and over. Yeah. So we're still, that. we're still seeing. Here's the dragons. Here's the two characters in the back. Lance is here. Dragon's head. You know, maybe his wings are down because he's flying down. He's flapping. Mm -hmm. And just to change it up. So here's the straps, something like that. Okay. So the cameras, we're here. You know, we're looking at from below and then it'll end so the camera will rotate up and we'll be up here looking at them. something like that is that sort of what you're thinking like some yeah i'm not sure about the the rotating i was thinking like we reveal fire flash oh as so we just back up over so it. one giant okay so the camera will just pan back out. yeah exactly okay okay well that's easier the draw that's yeah. for sure fans out so we wouldn't this thing we wouldn't we wouldn't see below correct flash. I, no because we already had the establishing shot of them going toward another dragon and seeing this 
you know, maybe they see um, the, that blast hit that dragon's face uh, you know, beside them or something, and then we zoom in on the guy screaming, and then we see him plummet down, and then we get back into our hero's perspective. Okay, so now we're back with the heroes, and then, boom, they hit? Or do we want to have, like, some sort of one more moment to for the Flint to fumble the lance into place? Or... Um, <clears throat> yeah, because we don't see him fumbling at all. I don't know that we need to see him in a storyboard doing it, because really it's just him, like, wrapping his arm around it and just sort of, like, leaning into it and stuff. I mean, if we want to have that sort of moment of confidence... It, it might be more interesting seeing it from behind his shoulder. Maybe it's literally like Taz peering, uh, like it's from Taz's eyes, peering over Flint's shoulder as Flint is like settling in with the dragon lance, getting it ready as they're literally coming into that other dragon. Hmm. We've already seen kind of over the shoulder going down so earlier. Mm -hmm. um, How do you see that impact? Well, well they I'm, get blasted thinking... before they get the impact. Oh yeah, we got to see that. Um... Hmm. How would we see that? Because they have to duck behind the shield, right? Yeah, and, and that's where I, I really like that idea of pulling away from them in a profile shot as the two dragons are coming in like that Legend of Huma shot. Okay. And one of them blasts the lightning bolt, and you see the Taz and Flint duck behind the shield, and it sort of scorches a bit of Cassant's eye as it hits that shield and sort of like lances away. But I, I love that profile view because we haven't gotten that yet, and that's like a recreation of a very famous Dragonlance yeah. image. No, you're, you're right. Um how about I just recreate that shot, <laughs> except the dragon. So the heroes are on the lance, mm -hmm. are on the, the good dragon, right? So this shot will be a kind of a recreation of it. But in that one, um, if I recall, yeah, the hero dragon was shooting fire at the same time. Yeah. So, so this time he won't be. So he's sort of rearing up. And this dragon here, so maybe they're both in sort of the same same kind of pose or something similar and this is the evil dragon on the left and he's the lightning bolt's been shot it's on yeah. its but we'll make it this is the dramatic one you know with the red lighting and the, you can see the maybe the horizons down here way in the distance and there's mountains and the battle and like yeah. this is well actually no if he's coming up and he's coming down the horizon would be something like that wouldn't it yeah i mean it, it would be a crazy angle yeah that would actually be very interesting to draw, challenging, but interesting, which would kind of be fun too, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it's something like that. Does that sort of match your vision there? Yeah, I think. And then we're seeing, okay, where's this lightning bolt? It hits them. But they, the heroes duck, so maybe we have a shot from the side continuing where we, here's, here's the shield, right? And then right. we can see the lightning kind of grazing and going off of it or being absorbed and you know, here's Tass and Flint huddled behind the shield. Yeah. <laughs> something something like that, right? They're, yeah, that's pretty cool. They're, they're behind the shield. They're, <laughs> I don't know how they survived this one, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> something like that, you know. It's in the script. Yeah, we see them. We see them. Uh, just, wow, that, I can't believe they took that. Something like that from the side. Yeah, I dig it. And then, then they're, we have the impact, right? I think like it hits so hard. Like I, when I think of the impact, I almost, from Tass's perspective, we don't see it. He just describes it. it hits him so hard. He's they're thrown into the front of the shield, and mm -hmm. the back of like Tass basically squishes Flint in the thing. So we could, I'm thinking, one option would be would be to see 
see the impact. Like, let's see, you know, again, an equally dramatic shot where we see a lance going right through a dragon. Like, you know, or, yeah, because it bends inside of them, but we can use some sort of yeah. artistic license, right? Where we see them, like this one dragon screaming in agony. The other High Lord, he's, you know, he's got his spear out or something, and, you know, the wings are flapping. It's just, it's, you know, he's in pain. It's just, oh, we got him good, right? And then the uh, where the, uh, the good dragon maybe he's 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 grabbed onto him somehow like he's he's bitten him like it was the we got to show the force of impact right yeah exactly boom the two of them hitting midair falling down something like that and I imagine it would be both twisting and somersaulting as the horizon line is spinning out of control behind them yeah yeah definitely we we just see I don't know I'm I'm just trying to just show gesture marks for like yeah. the energy of what's going on here right like this was this isn't this is going to be some kind of weird it will be challenging to draw this one but we got to show this <laughs> this would be really interesting shot right we're seeing we got to sh show that lance going through this guy yeah you know, we got to show the dragon lance because the whole story is called dragon lance and this is the only time we ever see one being used so we have to show how powerful it is like yeah. it, it just skewered a dragon you know and uh, it just you got them good it's over and now they're falling and uh, after the shot, so something from the, we'll see this from the side, just the boom, the impact, and now, now we're in this crazy death spiral. So, or do we want to show Tass and Flint reacting, or what are you, what are you thinking here? Um, <clears throat> gosh, I don't, I, I gotta think about this. This is tough, isn't it? <laughs> tough yeah, one. because that that moment. It is, you know, we want to see the, the intensity of that spiral. So maybe we take it off of the heroes and we put it on Bacchus. Maybe mm. we see, because he's the one that's going to be in this moment leaping onto the other dragon's neck as they realize they mm -hmm. can't pull free. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it is him as sort of like, um, uh, I don't, I got to think about this second for a second. Because he's, he's spiraling and then he like unbuckles himself and he like crawls he up his one hand. Yeah, he completely loses his helmet. So maybe that's where we see it, is, is his helmet goes flying and he's like unbuckling himself as the horizon line's flipping around and spiraling. Mm. And Holding he sees... on to his saddle. We're seeing the, the neck of the dragon, you know. Like it's yeah. really his arms just flapping in the wind, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, but he's also got his, you know, he's got a cape because he's an evil dragon high lord, so he's yeah. got his cape floating. And it's just crazy, right? So maybe we'll just show some craziness yeah. happening, blood shooting around. I don't know, something, right? But we see his reaction now as, okay, it's on, right? Like, I got to do something here. Yeah, uh, and to keep your head enough to then unbuckle and climb on another dragon, like, th there's a confidence hmm. there that we've never really hmm. seen in this character before. Hmm. Would we show him? Unbuckling, or does do we need to see that? Or like we see, we just see, him, we have to see him get like leap onto the other dragon. Oh no, yeah. Well, they describe him standing up in his saddle, mm -hmm. right? So maybe we see his reaction, and now we're seeing, you know, Flint and Tass. Tass is the only one who's able to make eye contact, yeah. and you know, we got these just shapes of dragons and wings and necks and you know all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But that moment, like here, we have this triangular shape of the High Lord standing up. Right, uh, his saddle's here. You know, we don't even know which way's up. This is just crazy. You know, <laughs> whatever. He's standing up and he's like, kind of a hero shot, right? Yeah. Like I'm gonna. And the background's like flipping around behind him. 
Yeah, this, 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 his hair is going crazy. This cape's going crazy. His arms going crazy. He'd still have to be holding on. There'd be no way oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So he's holding on, and maybe his other arm's like. Thing <laughs> is, if, if he's using the centrifugal force to help, sort of, he doesn't even have to leap. He just has to let go. The other dragon comes to him, and then mm -hmm. he just grabs on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, ballsy. My respect for this guy just went up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty crazy, right? So he, uh, I mean, but he's doing it to live, you know, I mean, he's not trying to be like a superhero or anything. He's just like, the only way I'm living is if I disconnect these two dragons. Mm. Do we need to, we, I guess we should show somehow the lance bent. Maybe, maybe we should show that like, here's a shoulder. There's a bent lance sticking out of them or, or maybe the lance went straight through this way. Like we got to show so the audience knows they're stuck to each other or do yeah. we? Well, that? I think the, the assumption is there just from them colliding and spin spiraling. And then I think it would be interesting to uh, a moment of realization for the audience going, wait a second, why don't they just disconnect? But you, uh -huh. you first you see backers jump on and start hacking away at this dragon straps. And that's where uh -huh. you make the connection. Oh, they're stuck. That's why he's doing this. Because at first you're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Is he like a super badass, like <laughs> leaping over to kill his dragon? You're like, oh, I get it. Like instead of holding of their shock. hand and showing them like, you know, arguing about it being stuck, we just reveal mm -hmm. Backers to be this sort of dramatic character that's just taking, you know, like a diehard character mm -hmm. on the claim. So we want to, we're going to have one shot, some kind of reveal where we see a bent Dragonlance coming out of a dragon. Yeah. It, yeah, something like a close up or, you know, we don't really have to see too much, just some sort of close up to know that, oh, there's a broken Dragonlance that can't. You know, and the, everything horizon, everything's spinning wackily everywhere. We don't yeah. know what's going on. Um, that'll be later. We got to show more spinning craziness. Like, what if we show, you know, Tasselhoff upside down, <laughs> right? Yeah, I like, think that's fair. Ooh, and his 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 top knot going there, uh, something like that. Like, what is going on? And just everything's crazy. Like, I don't know how we we could show lots of crazy moments. Like, there's that moment with where we see the uh, dragon, the evil dragon's head, right? Yeah. Where it's sort of looking down, Tasloff <laughs> makes eye contact. This looks like a frog, but, <laughs> you right, know, right. like, yeah, it's here's Kermit a moment. Dragon. Yeah, it's Kermit the dragon. Yeah, it's Kermit the dragon, but we see, maybe we see Tasselhoff, you know, actually making eye contact with this dragon <laughs> as he's falling. <laughs> it's so scary, something, yeah. Something just, like, crazy, like Flint's here, dragon here. Right. Like, it, horizons... You know, this way, something. something oh like man, we're we're in an hour and a half. I, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to cut it off. Cut right? this short. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I've got some stuff. Um, sure. I'll, I don't uh, know. Do you want to do like a two-parter of this, or do you want to just take the rest of it and just run with it, or like how do you want to move forward? Um, let me. I'm just gonna try to end my screen here so I can get back to you. Right. Um, if I don't stop sharing. Yeah. Whoa, we like super zoomed in. That was weird. Well, it's because my, uh, my oh, monitor. Gotcha. There we go. Yeah. Um, well, we've already got 30 or something shots. <laughs> yeah, that's so <laughs> much. Than enough to work with. Um, yeah. Well, we can do another one if you want, or I can just start chipping away. I don't know. I don't have a set timeline. And yeah, how I, can... I, I don't know. Either. Um, I think just, you know, um, work with what you have and when you, when you feel like you have something ready, then maybe we can get on and, and talk, uh, you know, showcase it and, and sort of talk about, you know, where you see the rest of it going. And I don't know, maybe we do make it a two-parter ultimately, but there is sure. so many shots right now that 
I mean, it's a huge sequence, to uh-huh. be fair. You know, it's a number of sequences. So I don't want to oh, overload yeah. you with expectation or anything. Well, you know, I like the challenge, to be honest. And to be, I haven't done any kind of aerial combat storyboard before, so this yeah. would be really fun to do. Um, let me let me let me take it and think think on it. I might. I, there's lots of choices, lots of things I could do. I could just do some thumbnails, tighter thumbnails. I could do, I could do lots of stuff. So yeah. um, let me run with it, and uh, we can just touch base at another time, and then awesome. go from there. And yeah. uh, hopefully, the the viewers were entertained by this yeah. and had some input, and uh, we'll we'll do some more if they like if they like seeing this stuff. Okay, well, let us know, uh, audience, what you think of uh, the sketches thus far, about the story that we are trying to tell visually with those sketches. Uh, Would you have done things differently? Are there shots that you think are imperative that we didn't talk about? Uh, Let us know in the comments below if you're watching this after. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in live. We really do appreciate your time, attention, and your, uh, well, your, your... commenting and your ideas as we're sort of fleshing this out that is all the time we have for this hangout today so thank you guys so much what do you think of uh the sketches what do you think about this moment in dragons of spring dawning is it one that stands out to you when you were reading it and what did you love about it let us know of course uh as always this is uh um uh, such a pleasure to have you mike uh, where can people find you online uh, if they want to see some of your work or, or maybe talk to you about other projects or something uh, MikePerryArt.com. Just uh, type it in and you can find me. And uh, my contact information is there. You can see my portfolio. And uh, if anyone wants to reach out and talk Dragonlance, I'm all ears. Awesome. Well, th- thank you, everyone. I uh, hope you have a fantastic day, Mike. It's been such a pleasure always, uh, as always, you know, chatting with you about Dragonlance and watching you, watching you work. I think it's great. Um, this channel is all about celebrating the wonderful world of the Dragonlance saga. Thank you, everyone watching, and Mike for participating in that celebration. Uh, for Mike and myself, uh, Slanjavar, everyone, have a great day. <laughs>